everybody. Welcome back to Raisin Brand, the Pixel Labs podcast, where you know what we talk about. We talk about all things brand, creative, marketing, all that fun jazz, that fun stuff. Uh, you get the picture, I think. You've hopefully been listening for a while now, and we appreciate you listening, of course. Uh, be sure to check out some of our other episodes, but on today's episode, uh, we already kind of teased it in our last episode, but we're going to give you a post 48-hour film project rundown, and I've got Noah, Lucy with me, of course, uh, our producer here, and um, frequent guest on the podcast here. Uh, so thanks for jumping on again, Noah, and uh, we're going to talk about our experience with 48-hour film festival and um, how it went. So um, uh, I guess, why the heck not jump right into it? Uh, how do you think it went, Noah? I think it went really well. Um, I think it went... I wasn't super, super involved in it last year as far as the full process. I was just, kind of like we mentioned last time, I was brought in as an actor, uh, I guess kind of last minute, Hail Mary it. Um, but this year I think it went, according to what you and Zach were saying, it went super smooth, mm-hmm. um, like just a very streamlined process. Um, I think I think we're all pretty happy with how it went because I know we were talking a lot about what we did in it that we could implement into our daily work life that we're like Mm -hmm. this was crazy that we were able to get this quality of a like short film or something done in less than 48 hours because in all honesty it took 48 hours to do the entire thing right so it we were doing a lot of stuff not even given the full 48 hours which i think is ridiculous that we could write a script in probably like eight hours or so (laughs) however long it took us yeah and then film it in I just probably say a day and then edit it in a day to like a maybe a day and a half or half a day or something. Yeah, depending on how yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I yeah. think really, really well. I no, I would agree. Yeah, I think it went it went fantastically for given circumstances we're in. I mean, given a, a global pandemic that we're in, of course gotta bring that up. Um, but I mean it is a factor into how things go on set and, and whatnot, but um you know, made it through safely and, you know, took the precautions there. Um, so we overcame that. But then also we overcame, uh, unfortunately, a lot of our group had things come up at last minute as things happen. And I mean, given that this was a, you know, a fun volunteer experience, like we're not upset or anything like that. I mean, people got to do what they got to do. But it was a bummer to have some of our people who were going to be in crucial roles, you know, have to bow out for illness or conflict or whatnot. And, so we we definitely made up for that, I think, um, given the, you know, short-handed staff, I guess, we kind of had after that because we lost a good three or four people to, yeah, you know, either coming down with an illness or, um, you know, being busy. And so we had to shift roles around, definitely. Like, I originally was going to be, um, like, kind of, like, not, like, behind the camera 100%, but, like, assisting with it and kind of, you know, directing from behind the camera, but not necessarily operating camera. And then I ended up doing most of the, the camera operating uh, throughout that um, with a little help from Zach and, and Noah. And um, we all we all kind of pitched in wherever we needed to. Um, but, yeah, we had to shift around. And we had uh, our, one of our probably more crucial roles to the look of the film was our gaffer, um, Ty, Hope you're feeling better, dude. Um, but yeah, he wasn't feeling well. So, you know, given the situation, we don't want to risk anything, of course. So we had him stay home. But uh, we had to make up for that because, you know, Ty's fantastic. Oh, he's amazing. He's a fantastic gaffer, lighter, 
Um, just a fantastic dude to have it on set. And so uh, we, I think we did a pretty good job for, you know, our limited <laughs> skills in light. I mean, we're, we know how to light things, but not nearly as extensive and intricately as, as Ty does. So I think we were smart with what would ended up like subject matter we chose because yeah. though we did try and still give it a mood, like the locations were more of like an office space and like a uh, kind of like run down like recording studio and then outside. Yeah. So I think looking back at it, what we were talking about, I know during the process is like, yes, it would have been great to have Ty because he's just amazing. Like he can make anything look as natural as possible and just do all this crazy stuff with lighting. But I think we worked really well with the resources we were then given based on the situation. And we didn't try to do something where we needed some big extravagant lighting. Like the most I think we realized we could have used or utilized the most from it all was the outdoor scene started to get dark. Yeah. (laughs) Some of his larger equipment. Or he would have thought about bringing some of the things we didn't bring because his main goal or his main job would be to do the lighting where our jobs were from the beginning going to be spread around. Like I was editor. I was also helping with the camera. I was helping like direct a little bit. And like kind of with you, you were also a little all over the place. So we just kind of forgot some things, but, um, I think overall, yeah, I think we did a good job with the lighting and I think it, we subconsciously played to our strengths of not doing some big extravagant lighting need. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I know I agree. And so, yeah, just, Quick shout out to Ty. Of course, we talked about him. Ty Belfi of Belfi Lighting and Grip. Great work. Um, so we missed you, dude. We also missed, of course, Mitchell Moore and uh, Jared Cunningham. Um, would have loved to have you guys help out. Maybe next year uh, we talked about that, or maybe we'll get you on some other projects in the future. But thank you again for you know the interest and, and wanting to help us out. And um, we're sorry that the, the conflicts came up that they did. But um, thank you for the support along the way and everything, too. So, um, But you, you touched on something that I want to get into our next topic. So we kind of talked about... The initial things of how it went. So let's let's get a little more in depth. Um, you brought up our genre um, and how you know that led to maybe some of our decisions lighting wise. So what what was our genre this week? We went with mystery. We had the option of mystery or fish out of water. Yeah. Which, uh, if you watched our vlog on uh, Pixel Vlog on YouTube and stuff like that, uh, we give a little bit of a rundown of. There's some snippets in there about like oh. We wanted to go with the mystery because it was more focused, less open-ended, like fish out of water. Because yeah. fish out of water is mainly just someone who doesn't quite belong or something doesn't quite belong. Trying it's like to a plot point in. rather yeah. than uh, a genre, I mm-hmm. think, in my opinion, yeah. Which is kind of cool that, that's, that they have all these genres that sometimes feel too broad or too narrow because yeah. that shows that it's growing as opposed to just getting comedy, drama, thriller, right. like horror. Like just these very like... Like general ones. There's a lot of unique ones that you could have gotten. Um, I was super excited with Mystery. I think we did a good job. You made it kind of like a mystery horror thriller a bit. Yeah. It was definitely, it was fun. It was good. Yeah. Um, it didn't stick super. It was one of those categories that could kind of branch out or we at least thought of branching out past just the initial, like a whodunit or something. Yeah. Where it's just... <laughs> Who did this? Who did that? Let's find out. Here's the answer. Seven minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and we avoided the whole, you know, cop drama, which I, when we were concepting this, oh, I cool. kind of, I'm like, well, when I think mystery, I just think of like Law and Order for whatever reason. But that's just <laughs> what I, I grew up on. I mean, I used to sing along to the original Law and Order theme song when I was a kid because my mom would always have it on. So I just, that was like, 
we kind of talked about how we all have these different concepts of the genre of mystery. And then we went around and when we were concepting in, in the early stages of writing, we we're kind of like, oh, so why don't we just talk about some of our favorite mystery movies? And Noah, the first one you brought up was like The Prestige. And I was like, oh, that's, yes. you're right. I guess that's I guess that's a mystery movie because there's a mystery at you know the center of that movie. Whereas when I think of it originally, I'm like, oh, I guess I didn't even consider it a mystery movie. And we kind of talked about how there's all these different movies that fit in the genre and are considered mysteries, uh, maybe not like the main genre that they're part of, but they're a mystery is part of it. And I, you could definitely consider it in the genre. So that definitely opened up the door for what was possible after that. Um, because like, I mean, we talked about like with, with uh, fish out of water, I think it would have been great and it would have been cool to have explored that a little bit, but given the, the time that we had, we felt that was too broad. Like you mentioned. So mm-hmm. the mystery while it was narrowed, there was still plenty of room to explore in there. And um, we, when we were writing, we, you know, explored that. I think we all came up with a different idea and we um, pitched it to each other kind of. And all of us had completely opposite ideas for the <laughs> most part. Like um, I, I had come up with like a superhero idea. Um, uh, one of our other writers slash actors, Skylar Ferguson, shout out. Um he uh, came up with a, more of like a mystery, like a pretty, hey, this was pretty much just like a mystery. It was like, kind of like a, um, I don't know quite the movie to equate it to, but it was like friends and they had, they're writing notes to each other, but one yeah. of them was dead. And I think the mystery was, uh, if, I, if I remember correctly, you didn't know who was dead, mm-hmm. but they were receiving letters or was a thing of you didn't know if their letters are real or if he was imagining it yeah. or like all sorts of stuff which is interesting and it was a cool idea spoiler alert yeah i guess yeah. to that idea spoiler like that. <laughs> uh no yeah i i agree that was a cool idea yeah um and it was more of like a it was more of like the psychological mystery mm-hmm. and then um we had our uh, one of our other writers and actors lakin came up with a more of like a hitman kind of mystery, um, you know, thriller kind of in that in, in essence. And um, Noah, what, what was the idea? What were some of the ideas you came up with? <laughs> I threw aliens out there. Oh, that's was, right. Yeah. What was my big one that I flushed out where it was like that's right. alien or this guy believes in aliens and it's like, are they real or not? And then spoiler alert, they're not. He's just had like a psyche break or something <laughs> like that. Which would have been cool, but totally agree with the group effort of it takes a lot to do an alien movie. And at the time, I did not realize we were limited to only seven minutes. I thought we had to hit the mark of four. Yeah, and it could right. Be like, quote unquote, any length. Mm-hmm. And then Zach was like, you know, it's just seven minutes, right? And I was like, oh, <laughs> never mind. Yeah. So that was more on the, the sci fi mystery. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, you see, like, we had all these different genres of. You know, subgenre mysteries, and then the the idea that we ended up going with was a pitch that I had, uh, which was from an idea I actually wrote. I don't even know how many years ago, like maybe four or five years ago, that I just typed down in my notes app. I have like a document on my uh, Google Notes app that has like thirty different potential movie or story ideas. And I, when I was going through it, I'm like, which one of these could fit a mystery? And I'm like, oh, that's that's a mystery. Like that's right there. So we went with like a. Kind of like a, not, not like a courtroom, but it involved like law and, and order and, and courtroom kind of settings. Uh, but it was more of like a psychological mystery slash almost kind of like a murder mystery. Although it's not like 
I don't know, the mystery is pretty easy to solve, yeah, I guess. It's, it's kind of what we determined. Like a, it's not like it's a clue or something where there's six different people, because we only had three actors, like, mm-hmm. main actors at least. Yeah. Um, so it's not like we had this whole farce of, like, who did it? Who killed who? <laughs> who did what? Like, who did it with what? Uh, you like you kind of figure yeah you kind of figure out that aspect of it a little bit early on, but then I think the mystery of it comes with the idea of maybe like the motive or yeah, maybe exactly. like the idea of I'm thinking really hard so I don't give anything away because right. it's not released yet we gotta oh yeah keep up the build tease but <laughs> I think it's definitely more of a psychological mystery of um the evaluation of the character and figuring out maybe what caused it or if mm-hmm. he's sane or is if he lost his sanity. Yeah. No one really there you knows. Go. Yeah, you're right. It's definitely less of a who done it and more of a why did he done it? Um <laughs> <laughs> why did he done it? Why did he done it? I like that uh, category for things. I yeah. think we should start making more movies like that. Yeah, cuz I mean, yeah, we, I mean, who done it's are fun, but mm-hmm. at the end of it it's like Oh, they did it. Okay, that that person is the person who did it. Okay, that's yeah. I mean, which is fun in itself, but maybe you have to be really creative nowadays yeah. though with it because there's exactly. been so many different versions of a who done it. Exactly, and now we we created the genre. We created, but we we uh, uh, <laughs> we'll patent it. Yeah, exactly. We now we have the genre of why did you do it? Where it's more of like a, it's less of a who did it and more of a okay, this person obviously did it, but why and maybe even how. Like, mm-hmm. I guess, or what led them to that point, I guess. So, um, yeah, I guess we, we like we won't go into spoilers there, but I mean, yeah. So you you also dropped the title of it in there. So our, our short film that we ended up coming up with was called Sanity. Uh, we saved that title for the, the literally like the <laughs> last like <laughs> we were thirty minutes in. maybe. We were making credits, and we were like, "What do we call this?" Oh yeah, we were gonna make a title. Whoops. Uh, I I am always totally like for, all for that of the whole. Uh, the title can come yeah. last, like, because, like, I mean, you're more than welcome to come up with the title beforehand, but, I mean, so much changes in there. So, like, if we ended up coming up with a title at the beginning, I feel like maybe we probably would have been more inclined to change it at the end, given mm-hmm. all these things that happen and all these changes that, you know, kind of come along the way through the editing process or the filming process. So, mm-hmm. um, we came up with the title last week. It's called Sanity. Um, tagline is... It's not that simple. It's not so simple. It's not that simple. It's not that simple. I think that was the line. Because the working title was something like uh, either simple or it's not that simple or something like that. So we had him say it kind of a lot. And I remember when we were recording a scene, um, someone pointed out that he didn't say the line, that phrase, that, that line phrase, the same as in a previous scene. Mm. So I think there was this idea that, oh, this is a key part in the movie or like this is a key part in it. So definitely I think it was good that we included that as a tagline because it makes it's a tagline that makes sense because we're actively adding it in. But I think it works better as a tagline rather than a title. Yeah, I think it it plays into the the character as well, because he's not Mm -hmm. just like a, a simple dude. There's some there's something going on in his head. There's a complexity there that. We as an audience are trying to figure out and really get into the the psyche of him, and it's it's not so simple. He didn't just do something and that's it, and that's cut and dry, and then he goes to jail. There's there's more to it. There's more to the story, and we really look forward to to showing you. And uh, on, on that note, I want to transition into uh, the the other half of this. So 
Uh, we, can, we can come back to the a little bit more to the process of the 48-hour film festival afterwards, but from a marketing standpoint now, we're in the process of gearing up a more or less a campaign, I guess, kind of. Like, I mean, in terms of, like, we're starting to actually find ways to market and, and get eyes on this movie and get hype around it. Um, we started a, an Instagram account for this sort of fake, or it's not fake, I guess, because we actually, it's not fake anymore. We've actually created what two movies under it now, but um, for the 40 hour film project, they make you come up with a team name. So last year I, I threw together the name retro neon film, uh, cause it kind of enca- uh, encapsulates a lot of the things that I like with film and they're all very cliched things. Yes, of course. I remember when the team name got announced, people were like, you know, chuckle or whatnot, <laughs> uh, which I totally get. Um, but that's our, that's our production team name. And we came up with an Instagram account for that. And, um, we made some, some posters. We've got a trailer edited, which we'll be releasing soon. I guess we got to talk about when we're going to release that, but yeah, um, soon, maybe, maybe at the end of this week. I don't know. Um, but actually, yeah. Cause um, it's the screening is this week. Screening right? is Wednesday. So we can just re- we can release the film after that any time. So oh, I, as, yeah. far, as far as I know, so probably release the trailer at some point. Yeah, um, maybe <laughs> maybe tomorrow. We I, the thing is like yeah, the trailer's ready. It's just we gotta you know, figure out the strategy behind it. I think um, and yeah. and how exactly and where we want to do it and and how we want to share it and and whatnot. But it's it's fun because I mean so much of the marketing that we do is. For other people, and so now it's fun to kind of market ourselves and market something that we created that's super fun and exciting. And not not that anything else that we do is not fun and exciting, but this is a little bit more like I don't know, like a there's more personal passion yeah. thrown into it. I think yeah. it's kind of like when we do stuff with clients, that's in a way their passion project. Like we're passionate about the work we do, and we obviously put a ton of care and effort into the yeah. stuff we make for clients. But I think. Like, the difference is that, yeah, this is something that we're super invested because in it's our idea. It's our, like, yeah. uh, thing we did as a group, whereas, like, we're not working... Or we didn't get this idea from somebody else being like, hey, can we make this video? Right. It's... We sat down and we all thought about it right. and we all came to this conclusion that this is what we're going to make. So, yeah, I think there's that bit of it of... It's a little bit, yeah, extra exciting because it's like, okay, how do we market our thing now? Because it's not like kind of with most of our clients, it's not a product or a service. It's pure entertainment. So hopefully, I mean, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I was entertained by it. Definitely. Um, so, uh, so, tr- so jumping back into the actual process of creating the 40 hour film project, you mentioned something earlier, which was while we were you know making this, we kind of realized Oh, like there's certain ways that we could probably even up some of the production techniques and whatnot that we are doing um, as a company. Um, yeah, I mean, because um, the the quality of the project that we were able to make in that time was great, I think. Um, and uh, Zach afterwards kind of pitched the idea of like, okay, so if we can do this in 48 hours, what can we do in two weeks? How can we? just continue to improve and, and elevate and update our production game. And I think we're, we're kind of brainstorming some ideas, whether it's, um, you know, more pre-production time, you know, more meetings and, and, and more client interactions and, and really, you know, crafting the story and the idea with the client and, and 
you know, kind of like what we did where we sat in a room for like four hours. And I mean, we probably wouldn't do that for that long with a client, but we would, I, the idea that we, you know, have more in-depth time with clients and, and, and really, you know, get to know them and, and what their, their goals are with this project as a creative team. Uh, because a lot of what happens now is, you know, people come to Zach because Zach's the one who runs the business. It's and Zach kinda, is, Yeah, it's definitely like a middleman kind of position yeah. where we as because Zach doesn't really create a whole lot anymore. He, I think, prides himself on not. Yeah, that, that, that's <laughs> he. He wants to be the one running the business, not the one running the creative side of the business. Mm-hmm. And that's totally that. That's I mean, that's our job is to be the creative exactly. end of it. And he's the one who's you know going out, you know, talking to the clients, you know, wooing them over, you know, pitching them ideas and whatnot. Um, um, but then at this, yeah, like then there's a, sometimes a, uh, you know, it's not a bad thing. It's just a, a thing. There's a disconnect sometimes in between there because, um, you know, we're not always, you know, the meeting type We're the, you know, the, we're the ones who put oh, the yeah. pen to the paper and create things. We aren't the, you know, the businessy meeting, or at least I, I am speaking from personal experience. Uh, I guess I don't want to speak for you necessarily, but I'm not the, the business meeting kind of guy, like I've gone to client meetings and stuff like that. And I'm more than willing to you know, meet with clients and stuff like that and talk about, you know, the business side, but I much rather would talk with them about the creative side and, you know, hashing out an idea with them and, um, you know, be passionate about, you know, the creative side, um, because, um, you know, Zach's portion of the meetings and, and what he does is, is you know, so important. Um, and it, it gets us the clients and it gets the clients on page, on the same page as us and on board with what we're doing. Uh, but I think, yeah, now it's just another step of, you know, adding some more creative hashing out and development time in the pre-production there. Um, but then we also talked about some other ways that we can up our, you know, production game just from, you know, some of the gear we use. We have so much gear that we don't always use. Um, and I think it's a, a lot of it is a matter of just, using that gear and, and using all the creative tools that we have at hand. Um, we, we busted out the old mechanical slider or I guess not mechanical, but it's, it's not like an electronic thing. It's like, you know, a hand push slider that we, yeah, manual slider. Thank you. Yeah. That we, um, used this weekend and it was cool. Added some, you know, depth to the shot. I think, um, we used a lot of our, you know, cine lenses, which I think we, which are harder to use on like a thing like a Ronin, which is what we use. But um, it's, I think when we do more handheld cinematography, definitely got to keep cracking out those because they have a great look. I mean, they got the T-stop. So, you know, they have, you know, great bokeh, um, you know, great depth of field on those. So definitely going to be using those more. Um, But yeah. And then even just from, um, you know, the, the way we recorded the film, I mean, it's not always 100% practical to record everything we do in ProRes uh, 10-bit or whatever it is. Like the, mm-hmm. the high, high-end ProRes that we can record with on our monitors. It's definitely not practical because we how – many, how many gigs of footage do you think we had from last weekend? We had – the very first dump we did, uh, dumping of footage we did – clarify that (laughs) um the very first dumping of footage we did i believe i can't i can't remember if this was like one of zach's estimates or if it actually happened i think a total of maybe like four or five scenes equaled 
400 oh wow gigabytes? okay yeah that's that's about what i expected yeah but it's just yeah. hearing it so, like, i can't remember well. if that's something that we were expecting or if it was i think it was i think like around 200 to 300 actually, yeah, yeah in that range is so maybe a little over our expectations but. yeah i think it was if anything it might have been a little bit less and we were like shocked yeah okay but, yeah, yeah i don't think it wasn't anything like 700 or <laughs> which so yeah, and that's for I mean, in the end, the movie ended up being seven minutes. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. So, uh, but I mean, yeah, that's that's just like uh, we, I think some things we learned is we can be more intentional about, you know, the way we do things. And, um, you know, it's easy to, you know, do the run and gun, you know, go and create and that'll come in handy and we'll do that sometimes. But I think for, uh, for other projects, for projects that lend itself to a more cinematic creative style, we're definitely going to take a lot of what we learned this week and apply it to, to there and, um, you know, just continue to improve our production game. Um, so, so on that note, um, what would you say would be one thing that you learned from doing this 48 hour film project? I guess you did it last year, but you're more involved this year and more involved on the, on the production side of it. So what, what would you say is one thing that you learned this year, Noah? I think the biggest thing I learned this year from it all, um, it's honestly just to take notes, mm, uh, yeah, editing right. notes specifically, because I know for me, like I was the editor, I got it done in like way, like way faster than what I thought because I already kind of laid it out through my notes. Um, and they were just simple stuff, kind of like smooth opening. If it was like a slider shot, like, or I just don't put anything if it wasn't good or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think that was super beneficial because it just made the end result so much fat. Like it went faster. I didn't have to sit through and watch each take to see what was good, what was bad. Because most likely, the takes that had the most good notes in them were the best take. Like if there was a take that had a better moment, sure, I'd maybe look at that and be like, oh, this note didn't line up with this section or like with this take. So I'd look back at other takes and be like, oh, this is where that note was because this was like the best one, but it was in take one where everything else was not very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think ultimately uh, the more takes we did, the better they got. Yeah. Um, and then in turn, that take just became as a whole. The, so like if that was a whole scene was in one take, then that part of the editing is done. I don't have to sit through, watch them all, then go back and figure out, well, what's the best, what's not, or try and splice them together of, okay, well, we did three takes, half of this one was good, a fourth of that one was good, Mm -hmm. all of that one was bad, how can I splice these together and have them all make sense? Because, you know, like, the lighting and stuff changes, or people's body, like, as we found out, uh, the actors don't always do the exact same motion or the exact same thing every single time. Yeah, continuity is hard to keep. Yeah, exactly. Um, Which is already an issue, because we had... We did the same scenes three times, I believe, on most in most cases, because we would do a slider, we would do a close up with the eighty five, and then we would do a still, uh, kind of like medium over the shoulder shot of most scenes and stuff like that, which super beneficial because we had a lot to work with, which I think is also a good tip and a good thing to learn is to use to capture as much footage as possible because then you have the most to work with. But then to organize it, keep notes while you're uh, filming, mm-hmm. because then at the end, you can finish way faster, and it won't be this big rewatching of the entire day. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, that's uh, that's a huge takeaway. Yeah, that I think I, I learned as well. Um, uh, that will definitely come in handy is, yeah, just to take notes because there's so many times, yeah, where we have to search and, and, and you, know, you know, pile through all these footage that we have. And uh, it'd be so much easier to just go back to a note and be like, oh, uh, uh, clip number CO000165, that, that's, that's the one to use for this beginning scene or that, I don't know. that I'm pulling stuff mm-hmm. out of my butt there. But that's exactly the kind of thing that will you know, help on the efficiency side of editing. Um, yeah, I would I wholeheartedly agree. I, I think one thing that uh, I learned on um, not on the editing side, I guess, but more on the directing side of things and i think it can apply to you know a lot of different things even even within marketing and outside of you know the cinematic creative realm uh but is just to don't be afraid to rely on your actors Uh, i mean don't over rely on them you know they're um they're only human they're not machines so they can't you know improv everything and they can't be expected to you know block scenes themselves and do everything naturally you have to feed them something but at the same time you don't overfeed them. Um, you know, you're a director. You're not a dictator, I guess is how I would say it. Um, so I, one thing I tried to do a lot of was if there was a scene where the dialogue wasn't terribly important, I trusted in them and I would be like, okay, you, well, I know you guys are what you're capable of. I know your chemistry is, is great here. So, you know, start the scene how you would start it, um, get to this point, maybe, um, uh, you know, build up to this emotion. But other than that, um, I'm not going to, you know, over, you know, stay my welcome in, in directing you to say exactly this word for word. And there are scenes where that was required, no doubt. But when, when it's not in that, you know, realm of needing, uh, you know, direct dialogue or, you know, such technical aspects of directing, you know, just rely on the actors. But then also at the same time, be ready to adapt because when you are doing improv and when you're allowing your actor to kind of take over the scene, you know, they might move in a certain way or they might, you know, say something or you know, get a little bit louder than what you're expecting. So you have to be on your toes. And, you know, for me specifically, um, when I was, you know, holding camera and running camera, uh, my version of being adaptable was just running the focus uh, because if Skylar, our lead actor, you know, got a little bit more passionate in you know, moved fast um, to a point in the scene, I'd have to, you know, adjust the focus there and make sure I kept him locked in and, and got the, the image clean. Um, uh, that's just one example, though. And I think, yeah, so the my biggest takeaway was just to, you know, listen to your actors and give them what they need, but at the same time, let them give you what you need, maybe, or what you, what you might need for a scene. So that'd be my biggest takeaway. But um, yeah, let uh, Great time again doing the 48 hour film project. Uh, this is our second year doing it as we wrap up this episode of Raisin Brand, the Pixel Labs podcast. Um, yeah, so overall, great time, Noah. Oh, yeah, yeah, fantastic. I'm Sick, super. I'm, I'm super pumped to continue doing this, or yeah. to even, even if we don't do this exact one, to just maybe start creating more stuff, yeah, personally. Yeah, no, exactly. I think it lit a fire under the majority of our team and I would say a little bit of fire under all of our team creatively. And we're already talking about, you know, future projects and, and working together with some of the actors again and, and, and doing things outside of the 40 hour film production uh, because um, you know, now that we've proven that we can do it and do it at the level that we can, who's to say that we can't do something even better with more time um, with more thought process into it. Um, and 
yeah, so lots of great takeaways from this week. Thank you guys for all listening and, and, and you know, hearing our ramblings about uh, the fun times we had at the 48 Hour Film Project. Shout out to, um, yeah, the 48 Hour Film Project out of Des Moines for putting it on and, you know, promoting safety and uh, also just putting it on. I'm guessing this was probably supposed to take place originally in the summer, but with everything going on, I was worried that it was outright canceled. And then when Zach, you know, gave us a notification that we signed up in, it was in September and I was, you know, very very pleased that we were going to be able to do this again because we had such a fun time last year and we dare I say maybe even had a more fun time this year. Um, but yeah, shout out to, um, you know, the 40 year old fun project and the one out of Des Moines for putting this on and big shout out to Abigail Van Patten Freeman, uh, Lake and Mims, Skylar Ferguson, uh, Terrell Christie for showing up, uh, and helping out on the production side. Cole Jorgensen, missed you buddy. Uh, glad you could come out and help out. Um, I missing anybody? <laughs> um, I don't think so. I, think I feel like I'm giving like an Oscar speech. I don't want to like miss anybody. Yeah, right. uh, thank shout you out to everybody. To, yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you to everyone. Uh, that'll include everyone. But yeah, uh, and of course, yeah. Thank you to, to Zach for signing us up and providing us the the gear and um, the you know the wisdom to to do this. So as I wrap up my thank yous, um, thank you again to the listeners for checking us out and always listening to our podcast and hear what we have to say. Um, Really appreciate it, and uh, tune in next week. As you know, I don't, I don't know what we have on the docket next week, but um, it's going to be great. I assure you, we're going to be talking about creative or marketing things or branding things, of course, because that's what we do here at Raisin Brand, the Pixelized Podcast. So, uh, on that note, uh, sayonara. Um, thank you to Noah for joining me, and uh, we will see you next week. Bye bye.